everybody. Welcome in. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson, and it is the Fantastics, my fantasy fix, DFS golf podcast, and more than likely the biggest golf week of the year for anyone listening, for myself, for Skeeter. There are a few tournaments that get me pretty excited, but there are none that get everyone as excited as the Masters, Skeeter, and the week is upon us. It is Augusta week. I mean, you said biggest tournament of the year. I was thinking you were thinking talking about the John Deere Classic. <laughs> we all have our favorites, but this is the one that, if it isn't your favorite, <laughs> it is like the consensus second favorite to whichever one we all have our odd reasons for loving more. Yeah, no, I was just kidding because, you know, they always say that's the fifth major. And, of course, you're coming off your fifth major, the Charlie Hoffman Open. and Not this week. You know, yeah, well, you know. You know what? Everybody has to have a bad week of tournaments that they have, that, that they love, so... But no, it is, you know, the first major of the season, all the top golfers, and man, this is, uh, as always, this is going to be tough to figure out who to play. There's a lot of good values, a lot of good plays. His, the tournament history at Augusta kind of plays a role here, so lots of things to consider, and um, always a fun one to watch. Absolutely a fun one to watch. You mentioned the Charlie Hoffman Open. As we do every week, we take a look back before we look forward. Um, I finally got myself righted my ship when it came to the DFS side of the ledger with the Valero Open. And by that, I mean breaking even. I, I won a, a big $5, really 250 But as I said before we got started, an additional 250 I'm counting because it were free tickets I still had that I had never used in the past, the uh, 25 cent ones that I used 10 of them. So I'm saying a $5 bonus in my bankroll on the DraftKings side of things. Is there a whole lot we want to take from last week? I mean, J.J. Spahn obviously gets the win. He gets himself into this tournament. Um I don't know. I enjoyed the tournament. Sunday was a little anticlimactic with Spawn having, you know, the the two-stroke lead coming down the stretch. What are you taking, if anything, from Valero and bringing into the Masters? Uh, nothing specifically. I mean, I had Spawn in the lineup. Unfortunately, it was in the lineup that had Bryson and Rory, so that didn't work out so well. I mean, I had guys kind of floating around there. I think I had three even tied for lead at one point, but just didn't work out. Um not a good week for me. I, I, I got completely shut out. I was looking good after Saturday night, but, but, uh, yeah, it just kind of went downhill from there on Sunday, which, you know, that's just, as we were talking before the show, you and I, uh, tend to remember the Sunday beats much more than we remember the Sunday successes, but, um, you know, it, it happens. Uh, can't win every week. So ready to move on to a tournament, which I can't say I've had a ton of success when it's been played in the spring. One fall version I was on DJ and Cam Smith. I like that one. Outside of that, it's not been the best uh, tournament for me from a DFS perspective. I think like a lot of people uh, who play DraftKings, the Masters is the one that really got me in first because it was the first time where I was like, oh, hey, I can do a little golf lineup. And, you know, I, I threw in a couple Millie Makers and I had a, a shot. Surprisingly, this is when I first really found out about my one true love, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, he and DJ, this must be going back 10 years ago now, probably when – bubble one, but that was like my first taste of any kind of fantasy golf. And I loved it. Um, here I am a decade or whatever later, I will say this. I did think I had a chance on Valero come Sunday. Uh, Ryan Palmer was in 50% of my lineups. And so I had a good run, but it didn't finish well. And so hopefully, as we were saying, instead of the Sunday collapse, we can have some of the Sunday celebrations. And I will say Skeeter as a, as I've been cold, ice cold at the book, 
I did hit the Masters last year when I did go uh, Hideki. And really, I only bet Hideki because I thought the number was too long at 50-1 to 1 on the guy. I didn't have a great feeling. So we'll, what do you say we get into this tournament and see if you can maybe uh, – I don't know, maybe you can find one of those names to put back in my list this year, and I don't know, maybe one of us can get a, a get a get a nice hit. What do you say? That would, that would be wonderful, because I'm on a huge drought in the betting market. So Betting hasn't been great. Like I said, back on board with the DraftKings, so we're hoping this thing gets uh, back in action. And, well, it, it's the Masters, Skeeter. It's, an, it's Augusta National, par 72, unless you're Bryce, and then it's a par 67. That backfired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will tell you this. I, we'll get into Bryson later when we get into the field, but I saw his interview today, and he certainly backed off that statement. He didn't say par anything when he talked about the course, but he almost seemed like he had been coached in the ways of just being less abrasive with the uh, the golf fan base. It was an interesting interview. I'm not saying it was groundbreaking or shattering, none of that, but uh, just the way he talked about his doctors and stuff. I will get into that, but it is not a par 67 like Bryson once said. It is a par 72, and Skeeter – what is it that we're looking here? Is it approach off the tee, around the green? It's the Masters. Maybe it's everything. I know I enjoy watching it all. What are you trying to find that will separate the, the plays and the bets out of the players this week? By the way, just out of curiosity, when he says par 67, I'm assuming the par fives. They're all playing, par fours, yeah. What was the other hole? <sighs> all right, now you're going to catch me not knowing the course. Is, is number three a shorter par four that he felt he could drive. I feel like there was a shorter par four. Yes. Is it three? 350 yards. Is it number three? Yes. Okay, one out of 18, and obviously I know amen quarter, so maybe one out of 13 that I was guessing, but still, I know 18 and 10 are those playoff holes. So, all right, one out of nine, but still it was a damn good guess by me. Thank you very much. You can bury Horowitz yourself right now if you'd like. If you can hear it, there it is. Oh, I can. Very impressive. <laughs> so I think that's where he got the par 67. Okay. okay. Better him than me, I guess. Um, I mean, I would be glad to shoot 67 just on the front nine. Correct. Um, rough here is really... Uh, there's not a ton of rough. There's not much rough at all. It's more of a, you know, pine trees, maybe hitting off the pine needles. But really, fairways... Aren't the I mean if you're if you're off the fairways not the worst thing from a contact standpoint it might be from you know the trees in a way or angles to the green but so I'm not really looking at it. I think distance always helps here a little bit so we do have team or seem to see some longer hitters kind of farewell Hideki DJ but we've also seen the uh, you know good ball strikers like a Zach Johnson type win Danny Willett's uh, speed of course. I mean, Phil, Phil would be in the distance category. Bubba would be in the distance category. So I still think you need an all-around game, game here. So I'm certainly looking at, you know, DraftKings points because I think that plays a big role, especially when it's top 50 and, you know, a 91-person field where we already know that approximately 10 to 20 guys probably aren't making a cut. Like maybe one former champion from, like, the couples, Longer, BJ, Sandy Lyle kind of make the cut. And, even, you know, some of the amateurs will probably uh, get beat up here a little bit. But, you know, hey, they're here, so can't I'm not knocking them. And mm -mm. some of these first-timers will probably struggle. Even last year, I mean, heck, we saw Zalatoris as a first-timer nearly win. So I'm looking at that. I even look at Eagles a little bit just because of the, you know, the fact that, you know, 2, 13, 15, I know, are pretty eagle Doesn't mean that happens a lot, but you at least can give yourself chances. I don't think 8 has a ton of eagles on that one. If I remember, it's a pretty uphill part five. 
Um, par five strokes gain. I'm gonna look at bogey avoidance a little bit just because you know you can make there are there are disasters lurking, especially around eight, you know, start of Amen corner ten. Um once once the second hardest hole in the course, so there's enough spots of disaster. Um fifteen if you end up short, that can end up in the water. So those are things I'm looking at as well. Skeeter, so many things to uh, to take into account. You mentioned the rough is one thing I wanted to point out before we got into any players. Is as a guy who does lawn care, um, I saw a thing. I forget is it Porter, the guy that always does the normal sport goof about golf and how weird it is. Um, but he was talking. There was a. Uh, I, I could be getting my golf analyst wrong now, but there was a uh, a spot online where they simply just the numbers came out where what length they were cutting the grass, and I thought. Um, to me as a lawn care guy, I saw they were cutting the secondary rough at like one and seven eighths or something like not even two inches. And I thought, dude, that's short. Like, uh, you know, again, they've got different machines. So their measurements are different than the just regular old zero turn that I'm out cutting grass on. But I thought that was considerably short rough. So I did think to myself, okay, you know, getting off offline isn't a bad deal. As long as you still have an angle into the green, I don't know my two cents from my silly lawn care, uh, angle to this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's all you need is okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> maybe yeah. that's all the response that needed. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I just, you mentioned that right off the rip that, you know, the rough isn't too penal. And I just thought, okay, I do remember seeing something about how I didn't think, and, and even in other places, you know, where I remember earlier in the season, I couldn't, I think it was API where they were talking about growing the rough out to three, three and a half, four inches or something. So I, I mean, it is a noticeable difference when you're talking about that. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is. Um, as I say, you know, driving, you know, you don't have to be the most accurate driver. Like, you know, you can play out of the rough. It's not going to be very penal, but um, it's, I think it's more the angles that's probably the issue there. Anything else about the layout, one that I think we're all pretty familiar with, before we get into the field? I don't have anything. Um, against a fairly uh, regular tournament, so it's in one we've seen. It's a lot of fun. Brings the top, uh, top thing, top players in the world. So um, I'm ready to go. And you're going to need six of six this week, right? I mean, six of six is plentiful in a field like this, correct? Yes, um, unless I mean, unless all the major chalk misses, but it's such a high cut. You know, 91 golfers, top 50 in ties make it. Like it's just. Um, I don't know what would have to happen for this to be like a sub 10%. Like you'd have to have probably like, oh boy, Xander's getting talked up. Um, Cam Smith, Spieth. You'd have to have a lot of these guys, these popular guys kind of miss. Well, let's get into the guys. What do you say? Yep, let's go. It's 10K plus. It's uh, it's the Masters. So the field is as good as you're going to see all year. And it reflects it. So... Um, we'll get right at the top, and it's Scotty Scheffler at the top at 11K. John Rahm's 10.8, DJ Dustin Johnson 10.5, Justin Thomas 10.3, Colin Morikawa's 10.2, Victor Hovland's 10.1, Roy McIlroy seeking that final piece to the Grand Slam at 10K apiece. Skeeter, are you going 10K? Is there a player that stands out to you above the others? I mean, I got guys. Mark, I mean, I don't know. You can play everybody here. Like, there's nobody here where I'm like, oh, I don't like them. Um. I'm just probably a sucker again. It's probably going to be um, DJ at 10-5. I mean, 
starting to round into form. I mean, we saw him win. You know, we obviously saw him the the win win in the fall of 2020, where nobody was catching him. Played well at the match play, lost in the semis, and then lost the third place match. And I don't know how much he cared in the third place match, but Correct. he kind of hung around a little bit. But the approach has been there. Putter has been a little bit off recently, but he's still. We're seeing the signs. You know, the ninth of the players, thirteenth at Valspar, yeah, whatever. Fourth at match play. So I think he just comes in a good form. Has a good history here. Has a win in a second. 10-5 on DJ does feel about right. So, I mean, he's one who's, as usual, is going to get my attention because I like DJ. There isn't a player in this field that I'm going to tell you, in this tier, that I'm going to tell you I'm against. Kind of like you just said, I don't expect to be considerably overweight. I doubt I'll be more than 20% on any player. If I set 10 lineups right, no way I'm using one of these guys more than two. So I could tell you my favorites, DJ, who I do like. Um... There's a few other names that make a lot of sense. I guess I'm going to say Justin Thomas is my favorite here. Yeah. But but quite frankly, it could be anyone. Look, JT coming off of a third at Valspar. He was six at Genesis, which is a very good comp course. He did not play well at the players defending his title. But that's actually a misnomer because at the T33, he was in the bad T wave. And so really his T33 is much better than it looks on paper. Justin Thomas has been playing great. He plays good here. The only reason I'm going to pick him as opposed to the other guys, 10-3, I'm getting a slight discount from the DJs, the ROMs. Uh, but look. You could sit here and tell tell me that Morikawa or Hovlin was your number two or Rory in this tier right after JT and talk me out of him as my favorite in them. So I like JT, but I'm not going overboard with him. JT rate, rates number one in my 36-round model, and I think he's like one or two in rolling report. Yeah, one or two in every single rolling report, so stats love him. Number one opportunities gained, number one DraftKings points, second birdies are better, third tee to green. Like, he just hits every single metric you want. Putter, the only question here is the putter. Um, That would be the only concern, especially on these fast greens. But another guy who has a good history, I know fifth is his best finish, but he's usually hanging around. 10-3 on him is a really nice price. Who are you going with if you have a DJ and lineup, or if you were to make a lineup and use somebody other than DJ? I mean, GT was up there. I think the other one... I mean, Rory at 10, for a guy who loves this course, I know he does feel the master's pressure, but again, he rates out pretty well, top 10, and birdies are better, DraftKings points, opportunities gain, distance, and tee to green over the past 50 rounds. Like, that just kind of sticks out to me a little bit. So, and at 10, you know, Rory at 10K just seems really low, but, you know, I do wonder, is he, you know, I, I, coming off the miscut of Valero, but maybe he just wasn't there. Like he was just like, because I think he, if I remember right, there was a, you know, the day Tiger flew in, he was, Roy was at Augusta playing. So maybe he just had all of his focus there. Um, I don't know, but 10 K seems like a really good price on Rory. So that's one I'm, I have interest in. Rory's my number two as well. Um, the price is m- much of the difference. I am firmly believing that Rory McIlroy has put more emphasis on winning the Masters than any other tournament since that became the one and only uh, leg of the Grand Slam that he doesn't have. That doesn't mean that he's going to win it, but his career history is really good. It could be bad in a way. Maybe it puts more pressure. He's put too much pressure on himself. I don't know 
you know, I, I don't know what it's like to be that elite of an athlete to even understand <laughs> putting pressure and, and, and whether or not it makes diamonds or not. You know what I mean? But I look at what Rory's done. I look at the price he's got. And, and I do look at the fact that he had a good run at the Genesis. I think he started off hot and then faded a little bit. I may be weighing the Genesis too much because I think it's interesting to point out here. If you look at the finish at the Genesis, Morikawa was second. Hovland was fourth. Scheffler was seventh. JT was sixth. I skipped him. And McElroy was tenth. So the the cream rose to the cro- – uh, the, the cro- the, you know what I'm saying. The cream yeah. rises to the top. Yep. My good lord. Uh, hey, talking's, in, ha- talking's hard. I, I do this as an everyday teaching. Uh, you know, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. But the cream rises to the crop in this re- in this uh, in this tournament, and it's a field that's similar. It's also a course that's similar. So I don't know if I'm overweighing this recent Genesis. Is one thing that I was looking at is who fared well there. But Rory did well as there, well there at T10. His course record here is immaculate, and the discount for Rory when you're talking about a world class player. I imagine I'm going to have Rory lineups at the at the Masters until he no longer is competing there or has won it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to win one of these Masters. It's, it's, you you know, think it's so? Coming. You think so? But there's only a handful of uh, there's only a couple career Grand Slams. You know what I mean? Like Arnie didn't win one, so it's it's not impossible that Rory just never quite gets it done. Right, but he seems like he he's he's contending here. He's a fit for this course. I get he is at some point. Maybe it's you know. Once, once we see the Morikawa Hovland here, and Roy's still kind of hanging around, it not hanging around, but you know, just kind of that, almost kind of like when Phil won. Phil won this a little bit later in life, that he eventually just Roy kind of fits in that role, and he eventually gets it, maybe in his third up late thirties or something like that. Well, I, I again, I'm with you because I, I do think he's going to win this thing eventually, and that's why I'll make him my number two. I could make a case for several other players, Colin Morikawa in particular, but um, I think I'll stick those my number two, one and two. Is there anything else in the positive before we get your fade? I don't think I have. I, there's somebody else there. Oh, um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider Rom two at ten eight. It's like immaculate course history. Rates out well in all the stats that I'm looking for. I just worry, you know, his form hasn't been up to his standards so far this year. So that's the only concern. Who are you fading? I think it's Hovland. Okay. Now, I'll take him in our league, but I worry about scrambling because his bunker game has been struggling and feels like he kind of maybe tired out a little bit towards the end of March. I think he played like four in a row, four or five tournaments in a row, and just never really did anything in Florida. You know, just kind of faded every tournament in Florida. So there's just enough concern there. Like 10 one's a good price on him. Just this field. I I just don't think I'm going to get there. So based on my master's history, it means he'll win. <laughs> Am I a fool for fading John Rum? No. No, because again... His form is not the best. So I think, I mean, that right there is a reason. And by the way, it's not like this is, you know, John Rahm and the second best player is um, Louie. Like, you know, this is, I mean, this is a deep field. You got to, you can't play everybody. You got to find reasons and whatever your reason, if it's recent form, it's whatever, it makes sense. He's just not been great, and quite frankly, at 10-8, I feel like he's got to win the tournament in order for him to be a good play, and I don't have him winning this thing, so I don't have him in my lineup. Right, no, that makes sense. Or, you know, if he doesn't have to win, if, you know, 
someone in the eight K's wins and Rom finishes third. Like sure, a, but but yes, what you're saying. If he's not top sense. three, he's probably not the reason my lineup won. Um, if it wins, which we know it's not going to, but we hope it does. Right. I have to ask you about Scheffler because he's had two top 20 since he played here. He's world number one. He's on fire. I would have considered him, but not at the type tie, highest price. Would you even consider him? As somebody who's playing five lineups, I don't think I will, but I get it from a potential. I mean, he's not overly popular. He's not the least popular. I mean, shockingly enough, the two least popular guys in this range are Morikawa and Hovland. That might move Morikawa up my radar, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, he again. He, you know, you know what he is. He's elite Siwoo. Like he has some boom bust capability in him, but um, oh boy, he he misses. You know, when he wins, um, he can win out of nowhere. He's my number three right now, and there's a chance he becomes. There's there's nothing saying I don't have two JTs. You know, 20% JT, 20% Colin, 20% Rory. So that's an interesting one. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Should we take it to the 9Ks? Yep. Let me, let me timestamp it real quick. Okay. Absolutely. And we do that with a guy with a, gr a couple of guys with some great course history, really. Cam Smith, 9,900. Jordan Spieth, 9,800. Xander Schauffele is 96. Patrick Cantlay is 95. Brooks Kepka 94. Hideki, 93, the defending champ. Willie Zalatoris, 92. Bryson DeChambeau, 91. Daniel Berger, 9K. Skeeter, where are you going here? Oh, boy. Um, I get another tier I can play a lot. Let me look at one thing real quick. Okay. It's Xander. He, he's getting some buzz. And I realize he hasn't been playing, you know, hasn't exactly, you know, hasn't exactly had the best uh, year so far, but... It's major time. Xander shows up. He has a second and third here. Feels like he's due to finally win one of these majors. And there's something about this tournament that he likes. And plus, if we if we want to go with the narrative of, you know, what's one of the narratives always around Xander is that he loves himself a no-cut event. I, I realize there's a cut here, but that's pretty hard to miss. And his scoring ability alone, I think, can really make it put him in play as far as, you know, DraftKings scoring, and, you know, even if he finishes top five, he might be third based on birdies and eagles that he has. Granted, again, his short-term, his his long-term stats aren't great. There's nothing wrong with him, but he's just not doing anything spectacular, but his approaches still are there. The putter has been neutral. Around the green has been neutral. Off the tee has been good. I don't know, just that, you know, second, third, and twelfth the past three years, a little bit more of a course history play for me here at 9,600. He could have been my one or two, but he'll be my number three simply because you picked him. My top three are kind of bunched up. I'll use him plenty. I think I'm going Brooks. He's my number one. Uh, look yeah. good in match play. Um, we, we've we seen him have some some moments where he's looked good. 12th at Valspar, 16th at Honda, was third at Waste Management, a place he's played well. He plays well. He is the big game hunter. He plays well at Augusta. He plays well in majors. I'm starting to believe that Brooks is healthy and ready to go. He was not good last year when he missed the cut, but if you remember, he couldn't even get down uh, into a full squat to read putts. So I'm kind of waving last year in that knee injury out of the mix. Before that, it was 7th, it was 2nd, it was 11th, 21st. Brooks at that price just seems to me as a a, a guy I've got to go get at 9,400. Yeah, and he's another guy who has a good history here. I think he can throw last year out. He was hurt. 
We've seen he's another one that we've seen enough signs for. Um, you know, beat Ramen match play and then lost to DJ in the quarters of that one. So it just you know if this, if we're back to kind of like peak Brooks or he's healthy enough that he'll contend here. I mean, he was second in the Tiger year. Him and DJ both. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember that you know they were showing a little more Brooks. They didn't show DJ until like sixteen or seventeen. Like all of a sudden, oh DJ's now you know tied for the lead before Tiger made his birdie putt on fifteen. Like whoa, I hadn't seen DJ all day. Now all of a sudden he's here. Like what what in the world's going on? He got that Ches Reeve U.S. Open treatment. Yes. Except for he's DJ. He's not Ches Reeve. Well I, well, I rostered both of those respective tournaments. So, yes, I, I do have memories for both of those for those reasons. I would love to have guys in contention on Sunday afternoon that aren't getting enough TV time. God, would I love it. Um, besides Xander, and dude, Brooks at 9,400. I mean, could you imagine just a couple of years ago, Brooks on a major at 9,400? No way. So I'm hoping that it's a good play. We'll see. Where are you going if you don't go Xander or if you couple him with someone else? I mean, Brooks is my number two. Beautiful. I mean, number three. I mean, the logical one here is Cam Smith, but... That's my number two. <laughs> uh, he's... Him and Brooks are are going to be the most popular in this range. Makes sense. Uh, Xander's not too far away. Third, Zalatoris. Like, what are we doing with him? Like, second last year, I feel like there's a lot of hype because of that second place finish. I think he gained some ridiculous amount of strokes putting. He's middle of the pack for me in this group. Um, and I'm worried about Smith since we kind of brought him up there too. I am worried about him. You know, he hasn't played since the players, but he has a great history here. I'm willing to say the time off, the time with his family, good enough for me to enjoy, like feel good with him coming off of a win, even though it's been a couple of weeks. But Smith's an interesting one. I, I, I hesitated to make him my number two. Maybe Xander really is my number two. Either way, I'm going chalky here. I mean, I'm looking at Camp Smith's uh, stats this year. When he won at Century, the tournament champions, he gained six and a half strokes putting. At the players, he gained 11 and a half putting, but he also gained 6.7 on approach and lost over five off the tee. Like, it just, it's just whether, is his putter on or not? And, I mean, he's played well here. He probably, he would have won most majors the year that he was second to DJ. DJ was just a beast that year. Um, I want to say I heard that the statistic was he was the first player to ever shoot four rounds in the 60s at Augusta. And not win? And not win. Maybe that's maybe that was the caveat to that is I not win, DJ yes. DJ would have uh, shot four. Done the same? You're probably right. Maybe it was and not win. Maybe that was the, uh, the, the caveat there. Yeah, because, I mean, Tiger had to have shot four – under in the 60s and 97 wasn't he didn't he was 97 didn't he open 97 with like a 40 on the front nine and then went ballistic on the back nine which maybe only brought him to maybe 70 i don't know the actual truth of that but i want to say the tiger was like plus four on his opening nine before kicking into gear that year i think uh, let's see but yeah cam so cam was one of the guys that was interviewed today on uh, live from the masters and Talking about, uh, he was actually talking about how I guess they've widened eleven a little bit, which he was saying, "Hey, that's good for me." Acknowledging he can be a little loose off the tee. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, as long as what you, you miss right all day on eleven, can you just left? That's the issue. I believe that's correct. And by the way, you are absolutely correct as far as um, as far as Tiger starting the forty on the front and ending up shooting thirty in the back. So that's a seventy. There you go. 
God, why do I waste brain cells on stuff like that? I wish I could control which brain cells, <laughs> which good brain cells use all the memory. How do I know this stupid stuff? But there you have it. I don't know. I mean, we, we also know who our bad putters are, who are, you know, it comes to a tournament. Oh, hey, Heritage next week, Luke Donald um, success. Like, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> we always remember some stupid stuff. So the nine Ks, man, we threw we've thrown out a few names. There's plenty here. Are there are there other names that even entertain you? No, I mean, let's play more Lamp Speedwood, but just not there. Cantlay's the only other guy I'm, I didn't mention that I would consider. I probably will use this week. Pass. Who are you fading out of this tier? Oh, which one do we want to fade? I guess we'll fade with the. I guess I'll fade the one I have doubts whether he plays or not, and that would be Hideki. Like withdrew last week after round one. Like something is just amiss there. Yeah, withdrew with the neck. That's always a problem. Um, I mean, not to make my golf league the Masters, but my cousin had a neck problem last year, and he missed. I mean, he missed months, man. So if something just happened with Hideki a week, uh, you know, a year or a week ago, excuse me, in Texas, then that's that's troubling, no doubt. He's not my hard fade. I won't be using him other than in our league. My fade, unfortunately, is another guy in our league, and it's got to be Bryson. Um, the fact that he talked about, um, you know, we mentioned some of this pre podcast as well as in the beginning of the podcast but he was talking uh live from the master today in his interview process saying that the doctors have told him stay you know you sh- you're not ready to play golf yet don't play and his answer was simply this is once a year and i'm not missing my opportunity to play at augusta um so he said they asked him how how ready he was he said i'm about 80 percent. i just can't pay up for bryson who, oh, by the way, has not been good at all in major since he won his U.S. Open. It was a, st- a stat they put on Golf Channel, quite frankly. I can't go through it, but I think he's played five majors since he won the U.S. Open. Has not d- hasn't had a top 20 in any of them. His history at Augusta is mediocre at best. So my, for me, Bryson is an easy fade based on a, a lot of other things, long-term form. And then you throw in the fact that he's not healthy. So Bryson, to me, is an easy fade out of this group. I imagine he'll be low-owned. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, right now, it's um, Hideki, but I can't imagine many people are overly thrilled to play Bryson, you know, missed a cut last week. Now, this this quote's going to get circulated that he's only p- played 80%. Um, and he's never... He's had one top 25 at Augusta in his career. He just doesn't... It's not a fit. Regardless of what he thinks of, of par, it's not a fit, in my mind. Yeah, which is weird, too, because Bryson is pretty strategic when it comes to course management, so you would have thought that this would fit well, but maybe he just needs to play this a little bit more, and once he, you know, maybe he's going to learn that this course just is not one that you can just overpower. He needs to he needs to think less, like like Dustin Johnson, and win this thing. But there, Yeah, but there's also some also issue, too, with, like, um... What's it called? Oh, the Greens books, because, you know, they don't get to use them here, do they? They never did. So here's the question. Is this now a a benefit? Like, weren't Greens books always no-go at Augusta? It, to the point where I thought maybe that was where part of the veteran knowledge was more useful here than other places. Um, I think that's the case. Or, yeah, or maybe they get – or yeah. 
I, I forget. There's something weird about this one, I thought. Yeah, I think there's just no Green's books. Okay. Are we ready to take it to the 8Ks? Yes. As we talked about, the field is exceptional. The options in the 8K are exceptional as well. Uh, Louis Uste is an 8,900. Shane Lowry's 88. Taylor Gooch, 87. Sam Burns, 86. A player we will probably talk a little bit about here now. Tiger Woods is 85. Sung JM, 84. Adam Scott, 83. Joaquin Neiman, 82. Tony Finau's 81. Tyrrell Hatton is 8K even. Skeeter, who's your favorite? Oh boy. Um, there's guys I like here. I my favorite. I'm trying to figure out which end of the 8K range I want to go at here. You know what? It's Hatton at 8K. I love it. I don't know. You and I are Hatton guys. I, I don't know Correct. if I can quit him. And what I realize his history is not spectacular here, but. He's kind of he's another one starting to kind of round into form a little bit. You know, had a bad 2021. Things are kind of coming around. Second API, 13th of the players, 21st of Valspar. Gain on approach all the time. Gain putting. Now, granted, he was his putter was insane at the players in API, but those are fast greens. I was I believe you know Augusta's certainly going to be fast. Um, he's just showing enough form that 8K. This feels a little bit underpriced. So, again, not necessarily a stat narrative. Like, his stats are fine. Like, for somebody 8K, he's 15th over my model over past 36 rounds. So, there's nothing wrong with that. He's 10th in the short-term model. So, just nothing spectacular. But, are we, but I don't know. It's, you know, Hatton's another one that's probably due for a major win here soon. And he's playing sneaky well enough that he could come out of nowhere. And maybe not out of nowhere, but enough to potentially win here. I find it interesting that you say, do you want to go after the top or the bottom? Because I think my favorites are the bookends here in pricing. Maybe not just one player, but a pair of players on the bookends here. So I love Hatton. He's 50 to one at the book I go to. I think that's going to be a bet um, unless anything changes in between now and by the time I get out there. I guess I'm going to go with my favorite player, a guy who's showing some 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 serious uh, strides lately, Shane Lowry. He's won a major before. Yeah. He's played good here before. And look, Tyrrell Hatton could very well be my favorite play, so I'm not, I'm not opposed to him. I will use him. I'm just kind of going elsewhere because you said him already. But Shane Lowry, 21st last year, 25th year before, he's in good form right now. He can play against the best competition. He finished, I think, runner-up at the U.S. Open, I don't know, uh, before he won the Open. He's won the Open Championship. So this is a guy who shows up at the big time. Shane Lowry is a guy I like at 8,800 here. Yeah. What's his history here? Um, it's checkered. It's better lately. I mean, there's been some trends as far as like top, you know, guys having like two, like multiple top 15s coming in. So he fits that narrative. Um, it's, yeah, that'd be more of a form play. I think he's on my radar. I just don't know what to do with him. If you don't go Hatton, we'll we'll excuse Lowry from the conversation here. Who would be your number two here? I mean, let's face it. You and I have a financial interest in one guy, and we've had it since June. Yep. Again, it hasn't been playing the best, but Louie at 8,900, 
I mean, it's a major. He tends to show up. I just, again, um, 36 rounds, nothing stands out. He's, you know, especially at the top of the 8K tier, he's not going to pop. But we just, you know, he's another one with good history here. He's got the career, he's got the Grand Slam for runner-ups. He just shows up at these tournaments from time to time, and he hasn't had a great finish here recently the Masters, but he hasn't missed a cut since 2013. Like, he just he's another one that kind of feels like could be that sneaky guy that kind of wakes up for a week and does something. So, I don't know if I end up using him in DraftKings. Maybe I'll just use the 80-1 to 1 that we have on him, but Louis 89 feels kind of safe to me. I like Louie at eight or nine better than everybody until you get to 94 at Brooks. Okay. I, I like him better than Hideki, Zalatoris, Bryson, Daniel Berger. So Louie would be in my four. There's like four guys. I like the four bookends, as I've already said. So the only one left is Tony Finau, who showed some signs of life last year, has an impeccable record here at the Masters as well. And the price on Finau is a little bit hard for me to get away from at 8,100. So Finau will be my official number two, but I'm with you on Louie. It's funny. I got a friend who fired at me yesterday while I was watching Valero. Said, uh, Louie looks pretty tasty at 40 to 1. I just sent a picture of the bet slip that we have back to him. I said he looks very tasty at 80 to 1, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm on Louie, obviously, with the bet already, uh, which is cool. I, I, I like him and Lowry at the top. I like Finau and Hatton at the bottom. I can't get to your fade until I ask you about the man in the middle, five-time Masters champion, Tiger Woods. I can't do it. Um Everybody's talking about how good he looks. Did you see the gallery around T-Box number yes. one for him to play? It's insane. It's Monday. I mean, Grant, if there's anybody who's just going to come off, you know, off of not playing for over a year of competitive golf and do well, it's Tiger, but I just have to see it. Um, you know, good for golf if he can find himself to the weekend and he can being somewhat contention, I just can't do it. I'm not going to use him, but I wouldn't I wouldn't dare call him my fade. No. I wouldn't dare. But I'm probably not going to use him. And here's the, here's the real truth. There is going to be – it might take until Wednesday night, and I go, you know what? I got to have one Tiger lineup. He's also 50 to 1 at the book, and I'm considering it because it's like that's a FOMO bet if ever. Like why wouldn't I want to be one of the guys that's on Tiger at 50 to 1? I think that's the number he was at the last time I looked. I have to dig back into that. Oh, he's 60 to 1 at the book right now. I don't know if I cannot bet that just out of sheer it's Tiger. It's Tiger at Augusta. And I, I think I got $10 on being involved in that somehow. Um, the one other player I have to ask you about, because I made a lot of mentions about the Genesis and the court, course comp, uh, as well as the field comp. Joaquin Neiman won that tournament, uh, won it pretty handily. He was even in his final round and still ended up winning by two strokes over Colin Morikawa. Joaquin Neiman doing anything for you here? Yeah, I mean, rates out really well for 36 rounds, good tee to green, good eagles, good DraftKings score, birdies better in DraftKings points. Um, so certainly does, certainly has some interest for me. Um, you know, Adam Scott is one, I think, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. He seems to be getting talked up a little bit, but the other guy that I really like here, 8,600 stats wise, he's a debutante. So that's an issue, but Sam Burns, I mean, guy just shows up. He's from this, I think he's from, you know, the South. So 
a little bit of familiar. He's an LSU guy. I can't tell you where he's from. I know he went to LSU. LSU, okay, yeah. I knew there was some sort of Louisiana connection, but, you know, boy, over past 36 rounds, top 15 and birdies are better. DraftKings approach, Tita Green distance, seventh and bogey avoidance. Like, he hits every single stat category you want. The only problem is it's his first time, and I have a usually a pretty big aversion to first-timers. So that's another one I don't know what I'm going to do with. Sung J.M. finished second his first time at the Masters and then missed the cut last year. Any interest in him? No, he just hasn't been in form. Fair enough. Uh, and I will not bring up every player in the 7Ks, I promise you. Um, I think I'm fading Gooch, but quite honestly, yes. I don't think I'm going to use Adam Scott either, a past champion. So Gooch uh, is probably my fade. I'm with you. Burns has been playing good, and he has a swagger about him. I mean, obviously, he's coming off of his second win at Valspar, but um, Gooch for me is my fade, but I bet you I don't use Adam Scott, a player I do like to use, a player who I have uh, hit uh, for a win before at the, at the sports book, but I just don't think I'm going to be on him this week either. Why, why is Gooch 8,700? No clue. No clue. I like, I got no answer for that. Um, I, I don't know. I got no answer for that, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe to get the 0.1% of people that use him to, uh, get an advantage against the field. I mean, I know you want RSL, which is this, you know, also the state of Georgia, but there's nothing else here that makes me like, did he, did he do something? I'm not I'm missing. Like, I, I dude, I got no answer for you. Yeah, he missed the cut at the players. He missed the cut at Genesis. Um, he was seventh at API. Other than that, he hasn't done a whole lot since he won RSM. Honestly, I think him and Joaquin Neiman should be flipped in pricing, quite frankly. Um, but I'm fine Gooch, with where they're at. I won't use Gooch. Gooch could be in the sevens. Like, yeah, what has he done exactly to be higher than Sam Burns or Neiman? Like, I, 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 I'm missing something here. I, somebody smarter than, you know... Smart me. Let me know what I'm missing. But I, yeah, Gooch is a fade for me. I mean, granted, I'm assuming he will be the least popular person. Yeah, well, him and Sungjae kind of are, and Tiger. But I think Tiger, Tiger will be more popular than we're gonna see on. I on think so. DFS sites because the casuals will play Tiger. I think so too. Yes. Shall we go to the seven Ks? Yep. It's the Masters. You know there are plenty of good plays in seven K. Skeeter. I'll get with you first. Who stands out? There's a handful I'm looking at. I mean, it's a major, right? Yeah, boy. So that means we get traditional major pricing. Thank you, $7,600, Paul Casey. Um, guy who has played well here, except, you know, I think I think that one year you and I used him and Rose heavily. That didn't work out so well. But um, coming off a of great player's. Didn't withdraw from the match play, so I guess that's a little bit of a concern. You know, when he played two holes with Drew and kind of called it a tournament after that, but pretty good player here historically. Third in approach, 10th in bogey avoidance, 14th Tita Green. He can make some birdies as well. 7,600 is probably a little too cheap on Paul Casey, but, you know, I don't think he's the only Englishman that might be a little underpriced in this tier. I think Paul Casey would be my just slam dunk favorite here at that price had he played mediocre at match play slash played, right? Even if he lost, even if he got one point, right? A couple halves or one solo, and I'd be feeling a little bit better. I just worry that, you know, whatever he tweaked on hole number two is going to cause him to not play as good, but I'm with you when it comes to him. As a couple guys I like, I guess I'm going to go cheap 
I guess I'm going to go with my boy Max Homa. I know he did not make the cut the last time he was here. I don't know that I believe he's going to win this thing, but he's playing exceptional golf right now. He's 7,100, and he's won Riviera. He plays well there with the comp course. I don't know if I'm asking him to win, but at 7,100, I don't need him to win. Yes, fair. He's another one who just kind of has middling stats for the past 36 rounds. Nothing spectacular, but doesn't really do anything wrong. I guess par five strokes game is his best stats, so... I don't mind it. So, I mean, that's a pretty good value for a guy who's won at two tough courses at Quail Hollow and Riviera. I like a few other names, though. And I, I look, again, we said it every tier. It's the majors. It's the masters. You're going to love some guys in 7K. Who else are you after down here? Fitzpatrick at 7,700 feels a little cheap. Um, good par 5 guy. Good bogey avoidance. Good Tita Green. So, I think he's in play. Um, I mean, 7,300 for a two-time Masters champion in Bubba Watson? I might take some flyers on him. Um, the, the lefty narrative, Bobby Mack at 7K. And, and, I, mean, I like him. I mean, uh, Mr. Boom, one of the boom-bust guys here who actually has a nice little history. Four straight-made cuts, three top 25s. Siwoo Kim at 7,100. I like both of those guys you just mentioned, McIntyre and Siwoo. What about Bubba? Are you are, are you on Bubba? I mean, I know he's won this place twice, so that officially makes it a Bubba course. He hasn't been great since he won it. Just a pair of top 20s, right? The 5th, the 12th. Everything else has been eh. Like, I don't know where I'm at with Bubba in this one. I don't know. Okay, so let's see. Missed Genesis. Bad the players. Missed at Valspar. His best finish is Phoenix, where he, you know, it's a course he's won at two, and he was his irons were on fire. So it's it's tempting. I'm at least going to consider him because I'm not sure he's going to be. Yeah, he's at six percent uh, ownership right now, so okay. I don't know if I get to him in the end, but he's one I'll definitely consider. Any other names that uh, that you like? Um, I mean, Russell Henley pops out stat-wise, but... Look at his course history. I know he's missed some appearances here, but Russell Henley is one that kind of pops to me big time, too, man. I mean, past 36 rounds, 16 to green, second in approach, 5th in birdies, 3rd in DraftKings scoring, 10th in eagles, 13th in par 5. Like, he hits statistically, but, oh, God, I don't know. And I think he's... <laughs> I mean, and I love Henley. I mean, I'm a Henley guy, but yeah, 14, yeah, he's about 14% right now. The most popular play in this range will be Fitzpatrick and Corey Connors. Corey Connors is another one. He's had two great finishes the last two two times out here and plays has been playing very well uh, as, as well. I mean, he wasn't great at Valero, but he was better than the guys he played with in his group. Uh, when it because he was with Hoffman on Thursday and Friday and uh, Jordan <laughs> Spieth, um, Corey Connors been playing really good and has played good here too. So Corey Connors is a guy. I, I wish he wasn't going to be as popular as you just said, but he's a guy on my radar. Mark Leishman's course history is pretty darn good too. Right. Yeah. And don't forget, Connors was third at match play. I mean, played really well that week. Lost to, mm-hmm. lost a Kisner in the semis. There's no shame. No in shame Kisner. in that. No. Any other names? Webb Simpson's one I know that's been bantied about. It's kind of a popular play. Decent history here. I'm not ready to go there yet. 
Okay. Billy Horschel, he's been playing very well. His history is mediocre. Yeah, that's I'm not touching him. Okay. Obviously, we could uh, go through every name here, but I think that's all I've got for 7K. Is there one that stands out to you as the obvious fade? Um, I know he showed some life last time we saw him, or I think, where did we last see him at? Was it match play? We had decent players, but it was all putting. It's Patrick Reed. I'm just not ready to go there back to him yet. I think I'm going to fade Sergio Garcia. Yeah. And I know he's won this bad boy, but he hasn't made the cut since he won this bad boy, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he's been good, actually. I, I guess I'm fading him kind of the way I'm fading Bubba and that I'm hoping they get a little bit of spike in ownership because they've won this uh, this tournament. But neither one of them, to me, is a guy that I'm looking to play. So I'll say Sergio just because I already kind of poo-pooed Bubba earlier. Sergio's projected to be the third lowest owned in this range. Well, that that changes things. Behind behind <laughs> that changes things. Behind Answer and Kokrak. Which uh Answer is an interesting one too, because of his withdrawal from I lied to you because I said I wasn't gonna bring anybody else, and then here we are with Abe Answer. He withdraws from uh from Valero. Is there anything uh that that uh that worries you there? I don't think so, because I thought I saw a statement that sounded like he was ready to go, so maybe Maybe he just felt a little twinged and said, you know what? I'm not risking it. Um, I, I believe that, too. And he maybe feels less obligated now that he's become a world-class player to play in Texas. It was my thought, too. Like, maybe the commitment changes now that he's like, hey, I could actually be a Masters champion. I'm interested in Abe answer, quite frankly. 26 and a 13th is two times out here. Okay. All right. Now, who are you fading? Uh, Reed was my fade. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Um, and I already gave you my fade in Sergio, and then I went back to maybe wanting to play him. That's why I got confused, because you told me he was going to be the third least popular. I thought, well, maybe my fade now might be in a lineup of mine. Oh, no. We'll see. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's take it to the 66Ks. Uh, Skeeter, still some decent names down here. I'm not sure if I'm digging down here much. I'm sure I will once or twice. I think it's safe to say that the bottom half of the 6Ks, for me, is off limits. Are there guys in the top of the 6K that entertain your uh, interest? Is there a limit? Is there a cutoff where you say, okay, I'm not going below this price or this person as we get into the automatic bids of the past champions, the Fred couples, et cetera? I mean, $6,900 my tier, my price range here, with two of my guys in Molinari and Westwood. I'm probably more likely to use Westwood and Molinari. But Gary Woodland, I mean, just that form, just it's there. Um, I love him, but his course history is bogus, man. Good Eagles, good par five, good bogey avoidance. I mean, he's playing well. I get the bad history, and I, again, that's you know probably why he's sitting here at sixty nine hundred. But oh man, score if you can make a cut, you know. I've got one. I've got two lineups set already, and Woodland is in one, and that was before I got into course history. I'm going to leave it set though. Yeah. I I have one other guy, I mean, legit guy. I mean, again, I might play Lee Westwood just because that's just kind of who I am, but. Who's your other guy? Is it Kevin Na? Yes. Okay, Kevin Na is the one that kind of stands out to me as uh, a play here, too. Like, he's not going to pop statistically, but we know he does kind of randomly pop from at, at some of these bigger events sometimes, and I think I remember he was part of a Millie Maker winning lineup in the 6K rate, you know, when he was a 6K a few years back. So His maybe, course history is good, man. It's good. Yeah, 12th and 13th the past two years have two other 12th place finishes. Like, he's, I mean, if he finishes top, you know, top 15, he's going to be part of Millie Maker winning teams. 
I, I, Kevin Nas definitely on the radar for me, uh, as the aforementioned Gary Woodland is <sighs> Kevin Kisner's playing pretty good right now. I know that he's not the longest guy in the world, but Zach Johnson won this tournament laying up, making birdies on the par fives by hitting close third shots. Kevin Kisner can do the same thing the way he's playing right now. I'm not saying he's going to win this thing, but at 6,800, um, I think Kevin Kisner's got to be in play for me right now. Like the only way Kisner competes here is if there, if this is turns out just be an ugly weather wind type of thing, because he's even said before, like this is not his, this is not a tournament built for him to win. It is not, but so, they pay a lot of money for twentieth place, is yes, what he's also do. said. Uh, yes, they do. So I mean, that's why I say I think it would have to turn into a really bad weather event for him to have a chance. And what's funny, it was the score f- scoring fest in 2019 where he had his best finish at 21st. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know that that means anything. I'm going solely on he's been playing pretty good, so he's on my radar. I, I think uh, – I was about to say Ryan Palmer, which is absolutely not the case. Uh, Brian Harmon, I think, is on my radar at 6,800. Lefty narrative. Lefty narrative. He was 12th here a year ago. Um, so this will be what it looks like his fourth time playing here. So, yeah, I mean, that is the fact, right? Whether it's Mike Weir, it's Bubba Watson, it's Phil Mickelson, it's, it's you know, hopefully it's Harmon or it's uh, Bobby Mack, who I'll be using too. But, yeah, I'm kind of going that route, but Brian Harmon uh, is on my radar. Yeah, I get that. Um, two other guys, Bezadenhout. I think, he, you know, he, he was playing well kind of start the year. It's kind of faded a little bit recently. does have two made cuts here, and the guy can get a hot putter. But then Thomas Peters has a fourth here. He's just, he's a real wild card. But, you know, last guy in the lineup, you want to take a chance on him? I mean, he's shown he has upside here. Grant's a fourth and a missed cut, but not find many of those among current active players in the 6k range you gonna mess with some sloppy distance from cam champ or matt wolf no i'd rather play champ because he really can randomly show up out of nowhere and i think he's he's had a nice history here um matthew wolf i'm not ready to go there yet i love him god i wish he would just go away until he figures it out not that i don't want to watch him play but i just feel bad for him i want to watch him succeed so i'm with you there's no reason for me to go matt well for me to go matt where if we're gonna go left i guess i gotta ask you about garrick higo another lefty um i don't think he's been doing a ton recently so probably not for me not not that he's on my board i mean anytime i'm i've scrolled down far enough where mike weir and jose maria lathobel are on the same uh and Charles Schwartz are on the same list. I probably scrolled too far. He's missed a bunch of cuts in a row. He's just a lefty. I thought I'd throw it out there. I mean, Grant's form has been awful. But Mackenzie Hughes, at least, you know, the putter could kind of get going here. At 6,300, he's not the worst punt play down here. Good birds, better guy, good putter, just everything else. Not very good right now. I assume that's all you're looking at when it comes to 6Ks. Yes. Would you dare? I mean, no. I know I kind of poo-pooed it already. Would you dare with a Bernard Longer? No. Who's been playing exceptional, but obviously not at this tier of competition. He's just not going to make enough birdies. Okay. And again, remember, this is a 90-person field. You legitimately need probably all six guys in the top 15 of DraftKings scoring, which means five of them probably have to be in the top 10 
in this in the final at the final tournament. Maybe the the sixth guy is you know t eighteen, but yet scored enough to be like twelfth in scoring. That's fair for me. Um, is there a legitimate six k fade for you? It might be Kisner. Um, That's fine. You know, let me let me see here. Uh, okay, no, no, I thought Kisner would be a lot more popular than he's not. Um, Tab Hoagie's getting a lot of popularity. I don't know why. Like, I, I know he's played well, but another debutante's just not nothing I'm interested in with Tom Hoagie. That's fair. I wouldn't be upset if he did well. I'll uh, I'll fade Lucas Glover because he's Lucas Glover. <laughs> you know, I'm also proud of you. You didn't um, fade the vampire earlier. I know. Yeah, you didn't say anything about that. <laughs> I think he he's off of the banned list, and so far he remains off the banned list. Okay. Um, I guess my re- my expectations aren't that of a was he 2016 U.S. Open champion. I'm guessing. I think that's the year he won it. Rose. Yeah, no. was it all, was it longer than that ago? No, I want to say 2011. Okay, <laughs> well, you know what they say: you get old, time flies. 2011 seems a lot sooner than that. It can't have been that soon or that long ago. Uh, I guess it could have been 2013. All right, we'll meet in the middle. Uh, was 16? What year did he lose to Sergio in a playoff? Because I had Rose. Of course, I did. Um, that was 2018 at the Masters, I think. Right. 2017. Oh, oh, 2018 was Reed. That's why I don't remember that one. You have another one I had. I was nowhere near Reed that that week. So Ricky Fowler should have won it that year. Let's be honest. Well, maybe Ricky. Well, Ricky's got to find his game first. I think he does. Um, anything else from the DraftKings perspective here? <laughs> no. Well, Skeeter, this brings up uh, this contest we like to call one and done. I mean, there's a new one. There's a new one, you know, the Fantasy Golf Championships on, you know, uh, Fanball, Sports Hub Games Network. Starts from the Masters to, uh, starts at the Masters, ends at the Open. I'm not donating 100 bucks to this one. (laughs) I mean, I'm just terrible at this thing. I feel like I should have moved up, uh, but I guess when 11% of the people use Gary Woodland at the Valero Texas Open, uh, you just don't move up that much with a T8 when you're 11% of the field. So I am still in 3,339th place after oh. picking Gary Woodland a week ago. I, mean, I honestly... What's I'm that? 3,113th place with after using Bryson. Ooh, I'm running up on you, dog. That means, that means it's real now. I know. Um, JT was my favorite. In the uh, in the 10K tier, I think this is – is it just easy enough to state whoever your favorite player is in the 10K tier and or 9K tier, if you truly believe they're going to win, is the player you should use and move on? Yep. Which is what I think, too. I mean, you know, if you were – I guess if you just totally believed in Hatton, Finau, Lowry, maybe. But whoever you think's winning this one, that's who you play. That's really the end of discussion when it comes to one and done, I think. I mean, you and I are far enough away that this is only the this is only the first major. I mean, again, like we missed out on the players with with big prizes if you didn't have Cam Smith, 
But to my to my perspective, it's still only the first major. I don't think it's time to start jumping uh, into the craziness. Let some other people jump into the craziness, and maybe by the time we have a PGA champion, if I'm still sitting here crazy far behind the pay, pay line, then I start thinking about playing silly narratives, but I'm not ready to do that yet. It doesn't mean it's not the right move. I mean, I obviously didn't cash last year either. I'm tempted to use Hatton. Um... I don't think that's a bad move here. Um, unless you're saving him for... Like I don't know. I mean, if you if you still have him, what did you save him for? I know he plays Heritage very well. You know, there's always the he's the he's the Euro to win the uh, the Open. But I mean, when else are you when else are you saving him? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe just use JT. That's who I think I'm using. That's who I think I'm using. Because I've already used Rory, who I said was my number two. Um, I still have. Uh, more cow available to me, but I think I'm using JT, which by the way, in the uh, one and done we play in, he's been used by 32% of the field. So yeah, um, that's a plus. Yeah. So hat, I, I just clicked in JT Hatton's in consideration for me. Um, if I, re- you know who I really ought to use here? Cause Scheffler, not Bryson Scheffler. Scheffler's not a bad pull. Again, I like I said, dude, if you think somebody in the upper tier is going to win, or even if you don't think they're going to win, but you're like, man, this guy's playing great, and I'll get a top five. You know, you want to win, but it's not the worst place to settle for a top five. Like, you know, we don't like playing guys who've already won once a year. We don't like playing guys who've won second twice a year. He's won three times already in like seven weeks. He's number one in the world. He's coming off a win, another reason why people don't like playing him. I don't know. I might... I might just game theory that one and play him just because who else is? I'm not opposed to it. I mean, look again, we, neither one of us has cracked the one and done code. That's a fact. So yeah. 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 Why are you listening to us? Basically, <laughs> uh, A lot of times people listen to us to figure out the opposite way to go. You just know, like I was, that's, I, <laughs> that's fair. I was talking about winning survivor. And I said, in the end, it was all about just picking uh, against what every, what the general public told me to do. That's what I really should start doing. I try that, and then, you know, it's right. Oh, oh Bryson, nobody's going to use him in one to the next. Oh, wait, he missed the cut. So more power <laughs> the players in this cut. It just got worse and worse. Skeeter, I could talk Augusta until I'm green in the face. <laughs> I know that's not the phrase, but there you have it. Um, but I'm not sure I have anything less, anything left of, uh, of use. Do you got anything? I don't. Uh, I guess one note is there will not be a podcast for Heritage next week. I will be. Yep. Traveling back from Florida, and then even when I get back, I have things to do. So my schedule just does not work out for uh, recording a podcast. So nothing next week for Heritage. We should be back the week after for I don't even know what the I forget what the uh, next tournament is. Uh, I do not know that one off the top of my head. That's a I'm, fact. I'm trying to find this right now. Would it actually, would it be Wells Fargo? No. Um. Actually, you know what? We might be taking two weeks off because. Is that the Zurich? It is, but I think there is DraftKings, but it's a weird word. We did DraftKings because I set some lineups. Yeah, so both, yeah, like both players are on on the field. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, because they're, eh. they're both priced the same, and I think that's correct. You only yeah. choose one, and you obviously you get the, you get the team points or whatever. I do think that's correct. Um, we can look into that when it comes around. Yeah, you want so- you want the quick the quick heritage uh, notes? Bet Hat and Bet Web. Bet Kuchar, I think he's good there too. 
Um, Siwoo nearly won. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. That was the, I think it was the uh, Kadira win. Let's see. Siwoo could be coming off of his first green jacket. I mean, if, if Fitzpatrick's there, that seems like a perfect mm-hmm. Kit Kisner. I mean, you're, you're, Fitzpatrick you're, actually has the uh, the heritage light uh, the the lighthouse uh, driver cover. He did last year anyway. Oh, nice. His that his family. So you, you, you I'm glad you mentioned Fitzpatrick. Not that we're even get into it, but he uh, he I, I think he spent a lot of vacations there. So he's played heritage a lot. Okay. Like even as a child. So. But yeah, those those types of players, short course. Henley, I think, would be another one because he's played Sony well. Um, Speed that he plays. I think Dustin has to play there because he's an RBC guy. He usually does play there, as a matter of fact. But I don't think he's ever won. That I don't know. Um, he may be uh, too busy celebrating his, his next green jacket. I mean, I would be okay with that one. We will see. Well, Skeeter, that's all I've got for Augusta National. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to this week. I suppose with that, we'll put a bow on it. Yep, and we'll be back either for Zurich or for the new tournament, the Mexico Open. Which I'm, I'm always interested in a little something new when it comes to a, a golf course. So I look forward to that. But Skeeter, I look forward to this week. I look forward to stuffing my jacket with some green, if you know what I mean, man. All right, that's... that's, uh, that's... Let's hit a winner in the betting market. Maybe one of us can uh, get a Sunday sweat. Let's do it. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. We've been breaking down the Masters. You've been listening to the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.